Good morning, Evangel Church. Welcome to church. Good morning, Evangel Church. I'm talking to them, not you. And I can't hear them. Good morning. Come on. Give me something. When I'm talking to them, I'm pointing at a camera, meaning everyone on there, just so you know. Uh, we're excited to be together today. I don't know. There has been such an excitement in the midst of all that we're seeing out there. And I think that's what the church is supposed to be, that we see a lot of mess in the world around us, but that there's something about coming into God's presence. There's something about just coming together and, and just saying, you know what, we're just not going to focus on that for a little while. We're just going to come in and we're just going to put Jesus at the center. We're going to just sing and we're going to get to know him. And there's just that opportunity brings such joy to us. And so I pray that you're excited to be here. Is anyone excited to be here today? Is there anyone that's happy to be here to worship? I know that I am. I know I was getting, you know, I was getting like inundated from our worship team here so early in the morning. We got to cancel church. We got to cancel church. We gotta, I was like, oh, Lord, what's going to happen? And I thought, well, thank the Lord for modern technology. Thank the Lord that he has allowed us to have the ability to stream both of our services today. And I'll tell you what. Normally we ask how many new people are in church. I promise you, I promise you, I promise you, more new people watched our first service than would have ever watched our first service if we weren't in this situation right now. And many of them may not even have had a relationship with Jesus. You know today that many people all around, who knows, you know there's someone in Panama right now that said before this service said, hey, if I can get out of bed in Panama and watch Evangel's service, you can too. And they're telling our people to be tuning in. The reach, the reach is just so amazing. And uh, so in all this, God is still being glorified, and God has a great plan for us today. And so I hope that you know that, and I hope you came expecting him to meet you. My name is Pastor Chris. Sorry to introduce myself before all those uh, rants and ramblings. Uh, but today, the script is kind of out the door, and it feels good to f be free. And I hope that you'll give me that permission to be free. I said, man, what is this freedom I'm feeling? Pastor Brian said, it's, you don't have a jacket on or a tie. I said, well, if that's the case, then I want to be free every Sunday. It can't be shackles for me. So if you guys like it, I'll... Probably maybe be free every Sunday then. This feels very good. Um, God's good. And, uh, and we're in a new season at Evangel Church. And I think today, being Vision Sunday, uh, being a day that we just throw out the script, I think that's exactly what God needed us to do because he's just ready to lead us into a new place. And he's ready to lead us into some new things. And I'm very excited to tell you about that. But first, I should uh, just introduce you uh, to us if, if you don't know us. Uh, if there's anyone here for the first time, would you just lift up your hand if it's your first time here at Evangel and you came out in this weather? Really, you did. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. His first time, weren't you in our last service too? You, right there, I'm pointing at. It's your first time? And you were here in our first service too, right? You were sitting right there. So, man, he's, he's just, he, it's his first time. He has to keep coming back. It's going to be the same message and service, but we're glad that you're here. Um, my name is Pastor Chris. We're just, we're very excited. I want to talk to those that are online for a moment, uh, but while I'm doing that, if you want to grab the card in front of you, there's a, a first-time guest card, and please fill that out and uh, let us know that you're here. But if you are a uh, on our, uh, watching online or in any of the other ways that we have, streaming on your tablet, uh, you're watching it on our brand new Evangel Church website. How many people knew that we had a brand new website that we launched this fall? Anyone? My show of hands. Oh, you don't know. You've got to go on the new website. It's amazing. It's incredible. Uh, we have put a lot of time in and effort in. Can we say thank you to our staff and all those that helped us make a website? Can we hear it for them? Because uh, they put a lot of time and effort in. And they made it possible for us today to 
be able to have our service and, and reach uh, all those that would need to hear about God's love and his uh, message that is for us today. So if you go on the website, uh, you can pull out your smartphone right now while I'm talking to those online because I want to give them uh, just a quick tour of what they can anticipate. And if you'd like to, go to evangelchurch.com. You can start checking it out. It's the one time uh, a year that you are allowed to go on your phone during service. You just can't uh, do anything else but invite someone to watch uh, or check out our website, okay? So if you're on our website right now and if you have your screen maximized, you can minimize it down to the smaller screen. You're going to see on our live streaming page that there are four buttons. I just want to walk you through this quickly. The first one is for anyone that's watching today that it's your first time uh, here at Evangel Church. It's your first time tuning in. You don't even know what you're doing here or you joined us because you're from a different church. We just want to know that you're here. And this Sunday being a very special Sunday because of the circumstances, we don't just want to say hi to you. We want to actually send you a free gift in the mail that will come this week, and uh, you will be luckier than those that were here, uh, only if it's your first time. And we do have a way of checking, so none of our regulars can do this. Uh, but if you go and click on first time, you're going to see that there's just a, a, a bunch of fields you can fill out to provide some contact information to us. We'd love to get to know who you are and what made you join us this morning for our services. And if you do that, uh, my promise is you're going to get a very special gift in the mail, and you can't tell anyone else what it is. They're going to be so jealous of you uh, for receiving it. You're going to love it. So please do that. And uh, then after that, if you're listening to our service, and maybe this is your first time here, uh, you've been to church, but you hear uh, some, some of the things that we're talking about, every week we give the opportunity for people to take a next step because your walk with God's always about the next step. But the first step you have to take, no matter what, is you have to come to Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior. And that is something that we call salvation. It means that we are, we are asking Jesus to come and save us, to be our Lord and to lead and guide our lives. And how many of you that are here are excited that at one point in time or another that you called upon the name of the Lord and he saved you and he rescued you and he set you free. And so because of that, we're called the children of God and it's such a beautiful process where God literally changes your life. The series we're in is called The Changed Life and the first point in that changed life is Jesus. And so if you get to the end of today, at any point, you know that your life doesn't have what you had hoped, and, and you're just feeling this emptiness. It might be God trying to get your attention. You might be watching right now, and God has been bringing your whole life to this point in time. And whether you're here or you're watching online, he just wants to get your attention. And, uh, and so would you just pay attention to everything that you hear? And, and if in your heart you just know it's time, you click that and you let us know. I um, mean, we'd love to connect with you and help you. If you're here and you would like to, you can connect with any of our pastors after our service, and we would love to pray with you and help you uh, walk that journey. If you would like prayer, you're going to see the next button. And we have an amazing online prayer request uh, functionality in our new website. So we used to have our prayer requests coming in on these uh, sheets, and they're still out there, but we've kind of turned digital now. And we are collecting those at any time during the week. So if you have something in your heart that you know God is, you want the body to be praying for, you just go to evangelchurch.com. At the very top of the screen, you're going to see uh, prayer requests. Click on it. You can give us all the information. You'll be quickly followed up with. It will quickly get out in the hands of many prayer intercessors. An intercessor is just someone that's willing to stand and receive those requests and stand in the gap for you. So even while you're going through the trial, they're praying for you. They're lifting you up in prayer. They're holding you up. So that prayer request function is great. And also, it's the same place that you go. If God's answering the prayer, we want to hear back from you. We love it, love it, love it when we receive these yellow slips. And we're praising God for the great things that he has done. This one, we're praising God because we had a teen Bible quiz meet. That's children that have memorized God's word. And they did a great job. They went undefeated in their category because they're quizzing. And that just means that they really knew the word. They really were diving in. So we can celebrate that. 
that. So let's celebrate what God did yesterday uh, in the lives of our students. But we want to celebrate with you too. So please take time here even if you have your phone. You can always get those prayer requests to us so much quicker. Get it into our hands so we can get it out so much quicker to those that can be praying and lifting up these needs. So that's something that's uh, very important for us here. And also we have give. Now, here's what you need to know. We're not a church that believes in pressuring people to give. Uh, We know that if God is leading us forward in vision, if God has planted in our hearts, if we're faithful to him, he's going to provide. That is pretty much the story of the last hundred years for us. So uh, so for us, we, we don't want to apply any pressure there. But here's the other side of that. We do know God's word calls us to be good stewards, generously stewarding, as we talk about if you're thinking about changed. Um, and therefore, we do have the responsibility to worship God, not just with our lives, but also with what he brings into our lives and to acknowledge him. And so we, we give. If you're a first-time guest here, there's no expectation. There's going to be no pressure. But, uh, but for everyone that is here watching, if you would normally give to your church, we're not, we're not asking. You don't have to do anything but what the Lord will put on your heart. So please don't feel that you need to do it. But we do want to let you know, uh, for those that are watching at home, that are part of Evangel Church, that we have this online giving function that makes it a lot easier when you come to church so you're not shuffling around while the ushers are walking up the aisle. If you click on that button, you'll see that there is a one-time gift that you can give at any time, and that's just a part of, hey, God put this on my heart and I'd like to give, or you can create an account and then have uh, an ongoing gift. Say, I know I'm going to give this much every month. This is what God's put on my heart. Then you can set that up and it will come right out of whatever bank account or information you give us. It's a great way for, uh, for you to honor the Lord through your giving and do it uh, online. So anyone that's a part of church, you were coming prepared to give and you'd want to you try out that uh, through an online giving one-time gift instead of being here to drop in the offering if you're part of our normal church attendance and see how that is. And we'd love, to, uh, we'd love to have you join us in that way. So that's what's going on on the website. We're glad that you're here. We do have some announcements for everyone to know about. First is we have getting to know you next week. If you're new to the church or new to us, we'd love to know about you and get to know you. And so please come out next week. Anyone six months or less, come out, join us, get to hear uh, from our pastors, get to meet some of our leaders. You do get a free meal, a free lunch. Everyone loves that. Uh, and it's just an opportunity in a very casual environment to do just that. Just get to know you. You get to know us. We'll teach you about and tell you about any of the ministries you'd like to know about and how you could get connected. Connected is an important word. Uh, when we talk about being changed, it's a way to get connected to the body. Uh, we also next week have a very exciting service. We have Baptism Sunday. And how many are excited about those that are going to be taking the step to get baptized? Those are going to be taking the plunge, going into the tank, saying, I'm a new creation. I'm a changed life. That's like Commitment Sunday. Like, I'm in. Uh, last week was so exciting and so encouraging that after the word and after you heard, uh, we saw a great response in baptisms. What I, I was praying for coming into this series was that we would see on that Sunday morning uh, 30 people or more getting baptized. How many would like to see that? That many people just saying, I'm ready. How many want to see more than that? All right. If we see one, we should be rejoicing, but as many as the Lord would bring to us, we're hoping for. And so all those that have been clapping, excited, if you're standing on the fence and you're a follower of Jesus, but you haven't done that yet, next week's a week. We, we just encourage you. Uh, what stands before you getting baptized? Take the step of faith with him. Also in the word last week, we talked about the Romans class, and uh, we shared that that uh, this was a part of that changed life, nurturing your spiritual growth. And with that, we uh, shared the opportunity for you to get signed up and start this week. Uh, now, for those of you that are here, that class is currently being recorded. For those of you that are home and said, man, I missed it. I wanted to be there. We're recording it. 
You're going to receive it this week. You're going to have it on the website that you can watch. And it'll be ready next week to join right in with where we pick up. But coming out of there, I think they had 15 signups before the services last week. It jumped up to almost 60 signups after those services. So I'm just uh, so proud that you're taking your spiritual growth and your next step with the Lord in that way. It's very exciting. You've all received a bulletin. We have a lot of information in there. We'll share more with you. Uh, you know, in there than we could ever in our announcements. So make sure that you're reading that uh, every week. As the ushers will come forward at this time, we're going to prepare to uh, receive uh, the tithe and offering and just give to the Lord as he has so blessed us. So let's go before the Lord in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for today. Lord, I thank you for the power that you have to change a life, Lord God, to rescue us out of darkness, to save us, to restore us, Lord God change us, and then to use us, Lord God, to be a part of what you want to do in this world. And, and so, Lord, we just worship you. We, we just try in every way to get out of the way of our own selfishness, to make ourselves available to what you'll do in our lives. And so we just pray now, Lord, as we just take that step of obedience in an area that the world is so caught up in, Lord God, wealth, success, all those things, Lord. Lord, just remind us of our dependency upon you, Lord, when we want to put it in things like that. And, uh, Lord, this is a way for us to check our hearts, Lord God, to know that we acknowledge you in all of our ways, and then you make our path straight, Lord God. We acknowledge you with the words of our mouth, with the meditations of our heart, Lord God, with the actions that come out and flow out of our lives. And so, Lord, our worship you takes on so many ways, Lord. It's what we give. It's how we live. It's how we speak, Lord. And we just pray that we would please you in all ways and that you would take, Lord, whatever we would give to you today and place in your hands. Lord, we place it in your hands because we trust you to provide for us and to multiply it and to use it to provide for others. And uh, Lord, there's no better place to put it because we put it in the hands of the God who can do the impossible. And so Lord, today we just pray that you would do the impossible through what's given and that you'd be glorified in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just uh, enter into this song, Majesty. Pastor Brian's going to lead it. Let this be uh, us worshiping while we're worshiping through giving. Just keep, keep, keep seated as you're singing along. Stand up with me and just before we get into the word, let's just sing this out. Just open your heart before the Lord. Lift up your voice before him. Wherever you're at, listening, lift it up to him. Forever I am changed by your love. 
Lord, that is it. We're here to say, Lord, that if we're changed lives, changing lives, we're here to say that if we have come into a life-changing relationship with you, Lord, then forever we have been changed by your love, Lord God. But it only comes in the presence, Lord, the presence of you that that can happen, Lord God. The presence of your majesty, Lord, give us that awareness of whose presence we're in today, Lord. Lord, we're not in the presence of just a pastor or just someone singing, Lord God. We're not in the presence of just one another. We're in the presence of the King of Kings, the creator of the universe. We're in the presence of the God who spoke eternity into existence, the world we know, and everything that we can see. And today, Lord, we don't just have a few thoughts from a person. We have a word from our Lord that you want to speak to us. And so I pray, Lord, would I just get out of the way? Would I decrease? Would you increase, Lord? Would people hear more than anything the heart that you have, Lord God, for them, the love that you have for them, and the plan that you have for them, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You may be seated. God bless you. God's doing something special this morning, church, and I hope that you sense that. We're in a series of messages called The Changed Life. And that's what it's all about for us. This is a, a, a vision series for us. And what I want you to know is that this series hasn't been like any other series we've ever preached because the, the topics of this series, uh, what we've been talking about, the things that we have been uh, sharing with you are not just a few months in the making. They're not a few weeks in the making. They are over 18 months in the making. That on uh, the beginning of uh, June, July, as we were entering in, in 2013, to a new season, as I had become senior pastor here at Evangel, one of the first things God put on my heart was that we would know the vision of where he was leading us. And I began to pray that specifically, and I began to get those around me, our pastors and our leaders and our deacons and our elders, and I said, I want to go through a process, and I want for us to know what God's vision is for Evangel Church, not today, but in the future. Where is he leading us? And so we prayed. And so I need you to know that God has been working, and God is a God who answers prayer. And today, you're not just hearing another message. You're hearing the answer of a prayer that started a year and a half ago. And God has met with us. What came out of that prayer was what you heard about at the end of our message. That acronym for changed isn't just a, a slide that we put up every now and again. It's literally one of the, the pieces of the DNA of who we're going to be moving forward as a church. How many of you would be excited to live the changed life if that's what it looked like? How many of you remember what we talked about last week, right? We saw it. As soon as we threw it up on Facebook, you just started sharing it everywhere. Um, and, and we're so excited. You know why? Because it deeply resonates with your heart, I pray. And I want you to know that that wasn't us just trying to be creative. That was us pressing into God's uh, power, his presence, us coming together, us seeking him, us being in the cauldron of just wanting to know God's will and his desire and his direction. And out of that came this and so much more, clarity to where he's leading and guiding us. So we're talking about the changed life. And last week we learned about what the changed life is. And I want to see if you know it. Uh, so what does C stand for? This happened last service. Come on, let me hear someone. 
Gotta say it boldly. I'm trying to like connect it to the body. Yes, there it is. Okay, yeah, you can't do that. You know, you gotta give me something with clarity here. H, hungry for God. A, man, the first service knew this way better than you guys do. Actively sharing Jesus, right? Someone's looking up the notes from last week. Oh, yeah, actively sharing. N, nurturing spiritual growth. G, generously stewarding. We're generous stewards. I think I put it on the other one. Generously stewarding. We're generous stewards. We're empowered by the Holy Spirit. We're discipling others. And when we are living that way, we are a changed people. We are a changed life. That's what the changed life is all about, going deeper with God in all of these areas. Not about just having one of these areas and being satisfied. Well, just because I'm very connected at the church, that isn't good enough. Am I actively sharing Jesus? Am I involved in relationships that are leading other people in the way of Jesus? Yeah, I, I, I give, but are you empowered by the Holy Spirit in the way you're living your life? God wants you to have this life. He wants you to experience this life. And if you take the journey with us in where we're going, we're walking in this. This is where God's leading us forward. So we're going to talk about in this um, message, this is Vision Sunday, uh, we're going to be talking about some of the direction of where God's leading us in the future, and it's very uh, exciting. So I want to start with this big idea here for you, something that we need to know uh, just as we walk into this message. Everyone ends up somewhere. You say, wow, that's really profound, Pastor. Thank you for that. I I had to get up out of bed and I had to drive in the icy conditions to get here and have you say that. No. No. Uh, There's more. Everyone ends up somewhere, but very few people end up where they're supposed to go on accident. So everyone ends up somewhere, but very few people end up where they're supposed to be going by accident. You know, whenever I'm driving, if I don't know the destination, how in the world am I going to know how to get there? Say, hey, let's get in the car and let's go. We're going to go to, to the store. Well, which store? No, we're just going to go to this store. Well, no, I need a little bit more clarity from you so I know if I'm going left or right because there's a lot of stores I could be going to. Can you be more specific? No, let's just, uh, let's just drive around. We're going to get there, and if we're not there, then we'll go to the other one. You know, you don't like that. That's annoying. You would never want to take a journey that way, but so often, that's the way we live our lives. We expect, well, I'm just going to end up somewhere, but you might have somewhere deep in your heart you want to go, but, but you... You know, you, don't, you haven't articulated it. You don't really know that. And you hope you're just going to get there by accident one day. I want to know, I want you to know as your pastor that that's not how life is supposed to work. And that's not what it means to live by faith, is that I'm just going to live my life however I want to and maybe God will just eventually bring me to that place. That's not what walking by faith is all about. It's about deeply trusting God. And so to root us in this message, I want to bring us to a passage of Scripture that many are aware of. It's in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. And it's a a verse that when I think of the word vision is one of the key verses in all of Scripture that speaks to this idea of vision. Many of you know it. I'm going to give you uh, just uh, the, the first part of it, and you're going to give me the rest of it in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. Without a vision... People perish, you know it, yes. Without a vision, the people perish. And we think of that and we, we are grabbed by that and we realize that and we see it when people are stumbling around not able to know where they're going. If you are reading one of the Bibles in the pew today in front of you, that's our new American Standard Bible, that's a different translation, it says this, where there is no vision, the people are unrestrained. What does this really mean today? Here's what it means. It means that you will never see 
where God is leading you without receiving a vision for it. That God, the purpose that he gives a vision, the the purpose that you would have a vision in your life, that you would say is from God, is because he is revealing that to you. And so you can never truly see where God is leading you unless you have received a vision of it. And therefore, if it's a vision, it's from God himself. I love how the message translation of this verse says, uh, says this. says it clearly. If people can't see what God is doing, then they stumble all over themselves. When people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. And some of you, you may be stumbling through life right now. And you see this and you're saying, I can't see what God's doing. And my life does feel like I've just been stumbling all over myself. And I can't get any sense of direction. I feel stuck. I feel purposeless. I feel like I don't know where I'm going or what I'm doing. I don't even know what this life is supposed to be about. If you can't see what God is doing in your life, then you're going to stumble all over yourself. That's the only thing that can really happen. Without having a clear idea or sense of where you're supposed to end up one day, you can easily get lost. Think about it. If you just think about driving in your car, if you, if you are just driving and you can't see where you're going, how are you going to expect to get anywhere? You know, this happened to me this morning. I get out and I'm, I'm trying to get to the church as fast as I can without wrecking. So just, you know, I'm realizing, man, I, I got to just take it slow. So I need to leave as early as possible. Get out, get into my car. I'm sitting there. And before I, when I start up the car just to get it warm, I'm, I'm talking to our business administrator and I'm trying to wrap up with him to make sure that the building can be open. And I flip that and I sit in my car and I'm ready to pull out and I look in front of me. And this probably happened to some of you. I couldn't see anything. How many of you couldn't see anything when you looked in your front, uh, out your front windshield today? You know why? Because there was a a sheet of ice over it. There was one on mine. And I looked and I thought, I can't see anything. How am I going to know how to get to the church? Because it did cross through my mind. You think I could just drive and I could just remember. (laughs) Anyone else? You know, I'm like, I got to get there. Like, can I just drive and just remember and just see? You know, I I bet you I could do it. (laughs) Thank you. You have a pastor who didn't do that today. First thing you have to do is get clarity, right? before you're going to know where you're going, before you're going to take any journey, before you're going to know even where you're supposed to end up, you've got to have clarity to get there. And so if you can't see what God is doing, if you don't have that, that windshield in front of you, even with a sense of, of direction uh, or, or perspective, then you, you're not going to be able to get to the place that God is leading you. You're going to get lost along the way. Also, when you're journeying on the road of life without a sense of where you are going, every intersection becomes an opportunity to get even more lost, doesn't it? If you're going somewhere and you don't know where you're supposed to end up and you go, oh, I'm going to go left here, right here, you know, you, you just, uh, you're just going to end up more and more lost along the way. And let me show you what, what I mean by this. We have uh, this here, and I just told our first of I feel so smart for having this paper here and then I get to write, <laughs> write on it. But it just really gives us a lot of direction with what we're talking about. Um, so we go here in life, and let's say this is time. So between now and, and the, the, the far off future, and you go and you reach this first intersection. I can go left or I can go right, and you decide I'm going to go here. And then time goes on, and you're going, and, and then you decide you're going to make the left, and you're going to go here. And then, you know, a little more, you're going to go here and here and here and here and then here and back here. And you're just kind of wandering through life. Some intersections are taking you backwards. Some are taking you forward. Some are taking you. You don't have a sense. 
And you're just hoping one day you're going to end up right here, the place that God would have. How many of you want to get in five years from now, you want to be right where the Lord would have you? You want to be right in the center of the, the place that God would have for your life. How many of you that are watching, you just love to be there? I think we have, have gotten this into our heads and we've gotten it so wrong that we think we're going to get there by accident and then we're going to call it faith. And we're missing it. Because it's not faith. You want to know what this looks like? Those of you that have read the Bible... Ended up over here. When you think of a story with me about a distance that is from here to here that could have taken a very short amount of time but took a very long amount of time, what am I describing right now? The wilderness experience of Israel. They went somewhere that was going to take them a month and they spent 40 years in the desert. And at every intersection, they're getting more and more lost. At every time, where they reach the Red Sea, they get more and more uh, afraid. And then whenever they don't have anything to eat, and then they don't have anything to drink, and every one they're turning. Whenever Moses is up on the mountain uh, trying to get a word from God, they're building an idol. Uh, you know, they're doing all this stuff. And you know what happened? Instead of getting there in a month and spending 40 years enjoying the blessing of God, they spent 40 years and ended up dying in a place that's nowhere near where God really wanted them. And you know what? That's scary, but that's the story of so many people's lives. That they live this life and they go through it and they think that, you know, I'm just going to just wander through just every intersection, whatever feels best, I'm just going to go with my gut. I'm just going to go. And, I'm just gonna, and they wander around with no sense of where God's leading them and with no perspective on the fact that God has something greater for them than they'd ever imagined. And I'm speaking to some of those people today. I know I am because I'm speaking to myself. When people can't see what God is doing, they stumble over themselves. They stumble all around. They don't know where they're going or what they're doing. It's so easy to get lost along the way. Just like driving. And here's the scariest part of it, okay? So, <laughs> so every intersection is an opportunity to get more lost, but you know what, you know what the other thing is? And, and this is what you guys need to get. Every mile that is traveled feels so much like progress. When you're driving, you could be excited at the end of it and say, wow, I put 1,000 miles on it. Say, so, yeah, but it only was supposed to take you uh, 97 miles to get there. You know, we spundered for, uh, you know, I think it was a, a you know, it was a 30-day travel. I don't even have the exact miles that are in my notes, but uh, what would have been a couple hundred miles you know, you know how long 40 years worth is? They probably traveled 100,000 miles whenever they're supposed to travel 100 miles. For some of us, we're racking up the miles on our lives. We're spending so much of the time that God would want us to be doing something greater, just stumbling all over ourselves. And God wants to get our attention, church. He's getting our attention. And he's going to lead us, lead us to himself and lead us in a great way. You know, another thing I noticed is that uh, cars, just thinking about cars and thinking about driving, the original car that was ever made, it was made for one simple purpose, to get you from point A to point B as quickly and as efficiently as possible. Quickly meaning that it had enough speed that was faster than the other things 
anything else that could get you there. And efficiently meaning you're going to use the least resources. So not a lot of gas, not a lot of electricity, whatever it was, just the least resources and most uh, quickest way to get there. And that's the original car. In fact, they didn't want to spend a lot of money on them. I'm imagining this man here was uh, offered when one of these first cars were being built saying, hey, do you want to have the uh, deluxe package that gives you a roof? And he said, I don't need no roof. You know, I'm just going to, uh, if it rains, I'll just put an umbrella over me while I'm driving. You know, you're thinking, like, that's something. Because uh, it was all about getting from point A to point B as quickly as possible. Now, uh, that looks pretty much like the car of today, right? Let's go to one of those. One of those really nice ones. How many, I actually took this, a picture of someone's car out in the, uh, the, the, the family with the Ferrari. I'm sorry for doing the, no. Uh, you know, this is, this, is, this is not the picture of the first car that I showed you. This isn't uh, the bare, bare essentials to get from point A to point B as efficiently and as quickly. You're going to get there quick in this car, but efficiency, uh, I don't know. I don't know so much. Um, you know, I, believe me, the world will not stop if the heated leather seats don't work, if the nav isn't there, if the DVD, you know, the DVD, play, you know, all that. I, I actually look at how they're making cars, not even sports cars, but like regular cars today. Uh, and I look at one, and I look at this picture of a car that will be out. And I almost didn't put it up because I thought I was looking at a spaceship. Um, to be all serious, I said, oh, hold on, wait, no, that is a car. It has these, like, you know, glowing lights on the side and this navigational system and all this. And, and I'm thinking, a person 40 years ago would have looked at this thing, and they would have been convinced that they could launch into outer space with it. <laughs> and they would join Armstrong on the moon with it. I really think so. Say, so what does this thing do, fly? What is this, like, mission control here on the side? can tell you how to get anywhere. It's going to speak to you and order you things and call people. Uh, really. And something I've noticed about cars that I just think is, is so important for us to pay attention to because it's something I notice about them. The nicer the car, the more amenities and the more luxuries that are in it. When I'm inside of it, um, the, the more that there are uh, amenities, the least worried I am about how long it's going to take me to get wherever I'm going in it. If there's a lot of things, I'm thinking, is there a DVD player? Yeah, take the extra hour. <laughs> you know, hey, this, warm, this seat's pretty warm. Let's just take our good old time getting wherever we're going here. In fact, when it's taken to an extreme, when people would rent limousines or these high-luxury vehicles that are just have everything in them, sometimes they pay people to just get in the front of it and just drive them around to nowhere for hours. And they pay thousands of dollars. Some of you are like, yeah, I did that, actually. Uh, you know, yeah. That's it, right? The more money, the more amenities, the more things, the less you really care about where you're going in it. And you don't care how long it takes you to get there. In fact, the longer the better because you can enjoy all these things. We need to be careful because what's true in a luxury car is true in what I would call a luxury life. That the more amenities you have gathered around you, the more things that are shiny and bright and, and amazing, uh, the least, the least likely you are to really care about where you're going and how quickly you're getting there. You become very comfortable, very comfortable taking your good old time because the house is nice, the job is great, everything that I'm seeing around me is amazing. And you know what you're not thinking about when you're thinking about how amazing everything around you is? How amazing the, God, the place God wants to take you is because you're just so focused on what's happening right in front of you. You can't even see beyond it. So the greater the amenities, that's why there's a warning in Scripture to the rich. Uh, and not because God doesn't like people that have accrued some form of wealth. But here's why Jesus said, like I said last week, you can't serve God in money. Is because serving God in money, if we put it right back into this scenario of a car, is like you driving 
and having this piece of technology that you keep looking at, calling, doing everything with. You're supposed to be fixed on where God is leading you. If he truly is Lord, if you're truly serving him, it means you want to know where he's leading you. But if you keep looking over here, and you keep getting what? Distracted. That's why it's, it's outlawed to do this. Is because it's such a distraction. Because they know that if you're driving to a place you're supposed to go and you have this kind of distraction in the car with you, that you are at a great, great, great risk of an accident. And that accident could be fatal depending on how distracted you are. Because I'll tell you what, there are people that aren't alive anymore today because they took their eyes off of the place that they were supposed to be going and they fixed it and got hooked into something and it ended their lives or it ended someone else's life. It got to the point where they, their distraction cost them dearly. Isn't that the story of life so often? So when Jesus says, you can't serve this and that, why? Because your life becomes too distracted. You can't really focus on two things at the same time. So choose, which will it be? The place that God's leading you or the things that you're always being distracted by around you? Which do you choose? Jesus is saying, and as your pastor, I ask you that same. What do we choose today? The place that God wants to take us or the many distractions that want to keep us right where we are? never knowing where God really wants us to be. Well, there's good news today. There's good news. Some of you, I don't think, believe this. But it's the truth of God's word. God has a desire to reveal to his people where he wants to lead them. How many of you know that? That God doesn't just have a place he wants you to be. He's not a God that hides it from you. He's actually a God who desires to reveal to you where he wants to lead you in this life. He has a desire to allow you to know that. It is not some big secret that you cannot figure out. If I were to ask you this question, where does God want you to be five years from today? You know the answer I would get from the most people that I ask that to? Who knows? God knows. <laughs> That's why I'm asking. Do you have any idea of where he wants you to be? Who knows? God knows. Why don't you know? Have you asked him? Have you gone to him? Have you spent time seeking him about that very question? God, where do you want me to be? By the end of this year, what do you want me to be? By the end of next year, what do you want me to be, Lord God? What does the future look like as I'm following you by faith, Lord? I want a sense of direction in my life again. And you know what? We have a God who says that he loves us so much. They sent his son. He's a God that when we ask him for one thing, he doesn't give us something else. He's a God who wants to reveal to us where he wants to lead us. And you see this in every story that I was coming across this week just looking and thinking about this, saying, well, can I find a story of someone in the Bible that this didn't happen? And then I had to say, can I find a story in the Bible about someone who was following God and this didn't happen to them because this is what happened to everyone? God gives a sense to those who are seeking him of where he wants them to go. Let's start at the beginning. Let's start with Noah. He says there's a storm coming. I'm giving you a vision. There's going to be a great flood. And then I'm going to give you the plan of what to do. But in the midst of that, you need to see the picture of where I'm leading you. God wanted to reveal it to him. Abram, he reaches out and calls out to him and says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. I'm going to lead you to the place of Canaan, a place flowing with milk and honey. To Joseph, he begins to speak to him as a young boy who's the youngest in his family and says, one day you are going to have your brothers and many coming and bowing down to you. God gave him a vision of where he wanted to lead him. And then finally we see Nehemiah, and he's not the final. There's many, many others. He's there, and God gives him a vision and says, one day these walls are going to stand again. 
God gives and desires to give a vision to his people of where he wants to lead them. Are we asking him for that? Are we seeking him for that? Or are we too distracted and too comfortable just being bogged down in the messiness and busyness of this life? So the first part of this passage is when people can't see what God is doing, they stumble over themselves. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But, but everyone keeps out the rest of that. And maybe it's because they don't understand it. Maybe because it starts to sound obscure. But there is a second half to the verse. And the second half makes all the difference because it helps us see what comes ahead. But here's what it says in Proverbs chapter 28, verse 19 in the, the New American Standard Bible. It says this, But happy is he who keeps the law. Now, let's look at a few of these words. Happy. What does happy mean? Happy is a word that's being used interchangeably for the word blessed. So you could also see it in your Bible saying this, but blessed is he who keeps the law or who keeps the ways of our Lord. Happy is he who keeps the law. Now, what is the law? The law is not something to exclude people from a relationship with God. That's what we need to be quite sure about. Some of us think that it's the list of rules and regulations that God wanted to use to disqualify people from having a relationship with him. That is a very twisted and backwards way of thinking about the law. Do you know what the law really was? It was an invitation into the relationship with God. God's saying this, I want so dearly to lead you into a relationship with myself that I'm going to allow you to know what pleases my heart. I'm going to allow you to know the things that I long to have in you, that I want to show you the way. I want to show you the path so that you don't have to stumble around through this life. I actually want to reveal to you through the law, and although it is not complete, a path through all this mess that if you would just live and obey me, you don't have to go through all this you follow that and we can have relationship. You can get to the place that I want to lead you. Many people, when they think about the Ten Commandments, it's all like all the rules, that the rules to be broken, not invitations into relationship. I really want every one of us to think of it that way, that we serve a loving God, so why would he just put a bunch of things down to look to disqualify people? That's not as hard. It says he desires that how many? None should perish. That was an idea that he had in the New Testament it was an idea he didn't have since the beginning of creation. He has always desired that none would perish. So he said, here's how you can know me. Here's how you can love me, through my law. All that the law is was a path, was a plan, was a way for us to have relationship with God. And here's what you need to know. You will never arrive where God is leading you without following his plan. You will never arrive where God is leading you without following his plan. For your life. His plan is just that. When you're going through the messiness of life, whenever you go through and you see that at any given time right now, here's what your life looks like again. This is the point. This is where you are. You come out and everything in front of you. You could go left. You could go right. You could go forwards. You could go backwards. You can go anywhere. But there is a place and you say, okay, there's a place that God wants for me. Okay, pastor, I trust you now. There is a place that he's leading me to. Maybe I'll get there by accident, and maybe I'll run into it at some point in time. Maybe it'll take a while. But if we hear that God has a plan, he has a path, he's calling us to that way so we don't have to be over here. We don't have to ever go over there. We could follow his path, his way. And what I love is that when Jesus came into the world, and the Bible says when the fullness of time had come, and Jesus 
came from the Father, entered into this world, flesh and blood, lived among us, that when he showed up and began to perform his ministry, in John chapter 1, there's a man named John the Baptist who's going out ahead of him, and he's called a forerunner. That means he's someone that's there to prepare the ground ahead of time. He's there to announce to everyone what they can be expecting. And the message that he carries with him is this. He said, I am the voice of one calling out in what? The wilderness. Make straight the way of our God. Make straight the way to our Lord, to the place that he wants us to be. I'm the voice of one calling out where? In this wilderness, in this mess, in all of this stuff where everyone can go everywhere. There is a way his coming. His name is Jesus. You know what Jesus ended up saying about himself? I am what? The truth, the life. No one comes to the Father, what? <laughs> Except through me. He says this about himself. God said it. He wants you to follow that way. If not, you will be stuck in a wilderness. You'll be stuck stumbling and tripping over yourself. But aren't you so thankful that God made a way where there seemed to be no way? If you thought God parting the Red Sea when you read about that was a miracle, God welcoming you or me <laughs> into God's family is the greatest miracle of all. The fact that he saved us, the fact that Jesus died on the cross, he was making a way that makes passing through that Red Sea look like me and you walking through a puddle compared to what Jesus did for us on the cross. That's how big it is. That's how magnificent it is. That's how powerful it is. So he calls out and says that. But what do you need to do then? You need to respond. What did I say? What was the equation from last week? Information plus what? Application equals what? Transformation. That the way to change isn't just by knowing that this is true, but it's by applying it to your life. So when I talk to some of you about, are you ready to enter into a relationship with Jesus? This is what the relationship with Jesus is all about. It's about saying, I'm, I'm tired of going my own way. I want to walk with him. And he's ready to have you. If anyone's ready to walk with him, he'll have you. He'll, he'll lead you. He'll guide you. He'll heal you. He'll restore you. The Bible says you'll be a new creation in him. But it comes with us applying it. It comes with us ultimately placing our life under that lordship, under that leadership. And that means that we are obeying God's way. And I love what it says in Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18. In that message translation, that second half of the verse says this, that number one, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. We're most blessed when we're attending to what God has been revealed. If God has revealed it, then we need to do everything we can to walk in obedience to what he has revealed. If God has told you that he has a calling on your life, I don't care what circumstances you're in right now. If he's spoken it, then isn't it a God who can accomplish it? Is that not the story of his word? So I don't want you to think that because your calling has a higher shelf life than others and it's been sitting there for so long that somehow it's over. No, you might have just been stuck in the wilderness, but guess what? God's word comes to you again in 2015 and says this. I'm the voice of one calling out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of our Lord. And that at every day, at every turn, wherever you are, it doesn't matter where you are inside of here, you can have been doing all this. Whenever you turn to Jesus, he'll make it straight to himself. He has a way of doing that. He has a way of doing that. So it's not too late, it's not too long for you to turn back to God's ways and to follow him with all of 
your life to attend to what he reveals. That is the most blessed life you could have. That is the most changed life that you can have. So now we look at 2015 and where God's leading us because it's a vision Sunday. And I'm very excited about God's plans and purposes for us as a church. And I'm excited about where God has been leading us. And when I think back, God has just woven a thread, a beautiful thread. And for any of you, if you say this, because we're talking about this as a church, but I'm talking to you as individuals because we make up the, the church. I'm talking to you that maybe you just are normally a part of a different church. This is very applicable to you right where you are right now in life. God has a place he wants you to go. He has a plan on how he's going to get you there. Are you going to be obedient to that plan? What does that look like? How does that happen? One of the great ways to know where God's leading you is by looking back. As you're looking forward, look back. And here's what you look for. God, are there any threads that you've been weaving through my life? Are there any things that you've been doing that have just shown me this is where you're leading me to? Someone shared with me back in 2012 that they had a vision right before we did our first baptism service ever on a Sunday morning. They said, I had a vision of our baptismal overflowing with water. And then the baptismal overflowed onto the platform and the platform overflowed out into the pews and the pews flowed out into the foyer and the foyer flowed out into uh, the, the, our, our uh, street and, and our walkway. And then it went out into the community and just kind of just went all out into the community. It was early in 2012 they told me that. And we then had our baptism service and so many people were responding. And we have a picture of it. So many people were just coming even out of their seats and responding to what God had. And the waters were overflowing, <laughs> literally sometimes overflowing over as we're excited. But that excitement overflowed. And I remember being in a service. I think Pastor Marsha had been speaking. Uh, another week I had been speaking. We're, we're seeing, I think we had had Greg Hubbard in at some point in that time as well. And our altars were just being filled and people were pressing in to know more and more about what God was doing. He was preparing us for something. We then get into our missions month and the theme was go. And the, the question was, who is my neighbor? And saying, you've got to always be on the lookout because our neighbor isn't just across the world. They're across the street sometimes. They're the person that we never think to go to like the Good Samaritan did. And we need to be on the lookout because at any time tragedy could strike. At any time we could be caught off guard. At any time we need to be ready to serve our neighbors. And that was the Sunday that Hurricane Sandy began to hit. The very next two days were when Hurricane Sandy wiped out this area. And as I'm thinking, what are we doing? I'm getting phone calls from everyone saying, hey, uh, we heard your message. What are we doing in the community? We're ready. Let's get out there and serve our neighbors. Does anyone remember what that was like? The excitement, the joy of serving our neighborhood. Thousands of ba bags of ice, thousands of pounds of ice, turning our church into, uh, uh, we, we had made the plans to have church here, although it was Friday and there was no power in Scotch Plains and power wouldn't be restored for another week to Scotch Plains. But on Friday night, or on Saturday night at 8 o'clock p.m., after we planned the service, got all the generators, just by happenstance, right at a line somewhere around here, all the power on this part of Scotch Plains comes back. We then turn this place into a warming station. Come on, does anyone that was here remember this? Because I'm excited about it. There's a thread that God was weaving, a thread that said, what happens in here can't stay in here. It's got to go out. And we continue to press into God and what he had for us. And by the end of 2013, we heard that call and we gave up our whole church service. And we just went out into the community and said, we're going to go be the church in the community. We sent out so many and we served so many people and lives were changed and people got baptized because we got out into the community. People that said, we just heard about what you do, we don't even go to church. Getting saved and then getting baptized because of what God was doing because we decided to be the church in our community and in our world. 
And since then, we've been in the Word, we've been growing, we've been inviting people to come to know Jesus. But there has been a thread that God has been weaving. And God has been giving us His vision. And it's so much, and it's so big, and I just asked the Lord, just, Lord, articulate it, would you, in one statement. And at the end of 2015, Lord, where would you have us to be? Who would Evangel Church be? Because we just came out of our 100-year anniversary, and God's leading us now. And we know that we know that we know it's a new season. We know that we know that we know by the words of the Holy Spirit that have come forth that have said things like this. Evangel's best days are ahead of her. There's a great future and a bright future. And what I sense now is there is a bright future ahead, but it's starting today. It's starting now. It's starting in 2015. It's not this distant uh, thing that we're, like, excited about. It's something that we need to begin to live today. And begin to set our course towards. So I said, Lord, if that's what you're saying, then what is the goal? What is the vision for 2015? And this is what's been deep in my heart, church. Our vision for 2015 is to become the church that changed the world. That we would literally become the church that changed the world. And to be the church that changed the world, what is that church? That church is the church we read about in the book of Acts. They were the first church, and they were the church that literally changed the world around them. They were the church that changed everything when the Holy Spirit fell upon them, when Jesus had commissioned them, when they went out into the world as his witnesses. They were the church that changed the world. My prayer for you and for me and for us is simple, that we will reach the end of 2015 and we will look much more like the church we read about in the book of Acts than we've ever looked like before that we will see God do something so powerful in us, that he will touch us in such a deep way, that we will see every day, it said in daily they were adding to their numbers, those that were being saved, that we're going to see God moving and healing and touching lives in ways that we had never even seen before up until this time, that we will sense the power and presence of God. Does anyone want to see a church that changes the world in that way? Does anyone want to be a part of that? That's what God has for us in 2015 as we walk with him. And so what does that look like in the weeks and months to come? This Easter, we are already beginning to chart our course towards where we believe God is leading us. We believe that this is what God has for us. We start to make a way now, start to plan now. So we are planning three services this Easter Sunday. Why? So that we will have more people. We are believing that more people will attend this Easter than have ever attended an Easter service in the history of Evangel Church. That's our first prayer. Our second prayer, in that service, more people, and just so you know how to pray, more people will accept Jesus and have ever accepted Jesus on the Easter Sunday service. And three weeks later, more people will be baptized in one service here in this sanctuary than have ever been baptized in one service in the history of our church. A hundred years on our hundred and first year, we will see that in this year as a mark of God's provision in him leading and guiding us. So we're praying that way. We're planning that way. We're wanting to walk in that way. After that, soon as, soon as uh, the Easter is over, the next day, literally, we're going to pick up God's word. How many enjoyed See Like Jesus when we went through last year? We went through God's word together as a church. We are going to pick up and we're going to do the next leg of that journey. We're calling it New in 42. And what it means is that in 42 days, we are going to learn what it means to be the New Testament church by reading the story of the New Testament church. So we're going to start in the book of Acts and, and we're going to read all the way through to the end of Revelation. And we're going to learn the lessons that they learned. And we're going to put ourselves right there. We're going to learn how it is possible for us to be that church because I, I tell you what, this word doesn't have an expiration date. That church doesn't have an expiration date. The same Holy Spirit that's moving then is moving now and desires to lead us. 
And so we're trusting him. After that, we're believing that God will send us out just like they were sent out. And we'll be in our community. We're going to be in there in October. We're going to do service for service in a way even greater than we had done before. And we are going to see this community changed by the power of Jesus Christ. And then as that goes on, we're going to see a world that begins to be changed by the power of Jesus Christ. Amen? So that's part of the vision of where God's leading us. I hope that you're excited. I'm excited about it. I'm ready for where God's leading us, and we've got to make the plan and move in that direction. But then the Lord taught a lesson, because so often we get the, the idea of the plan, and we get a little gung-ho, and we want to run ahead of ourselves. And I think that it's very possible for us to get so caught up in something Something that we don't think is sinful, something we don't think is wrong, but if sin means to miss the mark, then it's, it's wrong. <laughs> it means that we're not going where God wants us to. And you know one of the greatest things that gets in our way is busyness. It's just becoming so busy with life and so busy with stuff. And do you know that it's very possible for you to love the Lord with all your heart and to still be just so busy that you can't even step into the plans that he has for your life because you don't have any sense of clarity because when you're running like that, you're living in chaos in crisis, and doing all that. And church, with all the exciting things that we're doing, with all the things that are happening, you have to know, as much as we love doing all that we're doing as a church, and our staff loves doing all that we're doing as a staff, it also takes an incredible tool because uh, if you're a pastor, you know, you feel like you're a shepherd. You feel like you want to be available. And that could mean on your day off. That could mean in the middle of the night. That could mean at any time, you know, that someone needs you. You want to be available to them. And then we have the events, and we want to make all those events happen. We want to see lives change. But, but you know what? If we get too caught up in the busyness of ministry, we can miss out on the plan that God has and where he wants to lead us. And it could take a toll even on us. I know it's taken a toll on me over the last year. And, and I realized just how busyness in life had, had consumed me to a point that I, I couldn't focus. I didn't have the clarity I knew I needed from the Lord. And, and not only me, but I know that it's affected our staff and, and those that serve the body here. And we just get too busy sometimes. And we're all trying to do the good thing, right? We all want to get busy doing the good thing. And the good thing isn't the bad thing. I think back to Mary and Martha. And she loved doing the good thing for Jesus. And the good thing seemed like the admirable thing. But you know what the right and best thing was at that time? To sit at his feet and sit in his presence. And to just slow down for just a moment. Because you're doing so much for him, you forgot to be with him. And so I want to tell you as, as your pastor that that moment happened for me. And, and it has brought me into 2015, and I, and I truly believe that my marriage has been changed, my everything has been changed, my life has been changed through, through something that just recently happened to me because I was going through that busyness. And most of you don't know this, but it landed me in the hospital for, for four or five days, uh, right in the beginning of November. And as I was there, I was... Uh, you know, it was a stressful time. It was all the busyness, all the crunch, all the things that we were doing. I'm coming right out of all that busyness, you know, that we were involved in, going into more of it. And as my, you know, body just adjusted, I wasn't sure what it was. It was something with my uh, abdomen, my stomach. And, and as I was in the hospital, just couldn't do anything, just in this kind of pain, um, this dull pain that I just, you know, was nagging at me. So thankful it, it, it didn't end up being anything serious, but something had to keep me in the hospital for that long. I know why, because God needed to speak to me. He needed to get a hold of me. And Pastor Brennan called me and, and, and ministered to me during that time. He said, Chris, I need you to know, and our body would know and our leaders would know that many times in my time, um, I, would, I was just so caught up in all the busyness, and, I, and it landed me in the hospital just like you a lot of times. 
Um, and that was just a part of my season of ministry. And he said, I'm going to specifically pray for you now and pray over you that this ends now in, in your first year and that it will never continue. And, uh, and, and I guess, you know, as I'm looking back, that was such a significant moment because I do believe God began to do something. And he began to, through that season, just speak to me in, in a way to say, just slow down, get a sense of where I'm going, and then go with me in that way don't get too busy. And so I, I'm telling you that it's happening in my life, and I'm quite sure that he's even allowed me to experience that so that I can step out and I can begin to walk in that. But if he called me to shepherd this flock and our leaders and everyone, then, then maybe there's others of us that are living exactly what I'm talking about. And, and God brings you into a season, and I'm going to call the season this because it's the name of our next series of messages. It's called a season of stillness. And here's what you need to know about this, that you're never going to get to the place that God is leading you without a season of stillness in your life. There needs to come a season in your life when you can just stop, be still, and know that he is God. And without that, you are just going to wander around so busy thinking you're impressing God until you either break down physically, you stop because you realize it, or something worse happens, and then God can finally get your attention. Because sometimes saying, you've been so busy that you can't hear my voice. You're so busy doing all the things I want you to do, but you're, you, you, you need to just stop and peel away and go into a season of stillness to experience my presence. And when you do that, God meets you in a powerful way. I could say it firsthand. God meets you in a powerful way. And... Uh, and I thought back about what's been happening. There's a book that was written a very long time ago. It was written by a man who did this. He was living a busy life and everything, and he ends up going and he works at, a, at, at just a place with a bunch of, of uh, monks and priests. And his name is Brother Lawrence. And he's there just like as a janitor, just someone that cleans. And he starts writing these letters because he realizes that he can just live now at this place where all these monks are living. He can just live in the presence of God. And he just spent more and more time in the presence of God. And, and as he's doing that, he's writing these letters and giving them to a friend. And this guy is compiling all these letters and reading the depths of what's happening as this man is just, just trying to live in the presence of God and just, just push all the busyness of life away. And that book got compiled a long time ago. It's a very short book. If you look it up on Amazon, it's probably $2 for you to purchase. It's called The Practice of the Presence of God. And today you just need to slow down. You just want something to read. Um, you can get it in a more modern uh, language than Old English, but it, I believe God will speak to you powerfully because it comes from a brother who just pursued the presence of the Lord with his life. And I'm asking you this. Do you really think that you're going to experience what we're talking about today if you're scheduling time with God like you are with any other person in your life? Do you think that you're going to get there and do you think that what I'm talking about by a season of stillness is the 20 minutes a day that you give him, uh, maybe while you're driving to work, praying while you're paying attention to the road? Do you think that if the only time you spent with your spouse was the time that you had to figure out how you were going to schedule it and it was only going to be for that time and then you're going to focus on everything else, do you think your marriage would be doing very well today? What does that kind of relationship call for, that kind of intimacy? Do you know that the love that God has for you and the relationship that he has with you is actually deeper than the one you have with your spouse? And what would you do if you knew that you needed to hear from him, communicate from him, get a sense from him of what's going on? You'd stop everything 
for him or her, but are you doing that for God right now? Because I tell you, he wants to reveal this. And if you say, I have no sense of this, I will tell you this. Look at your life. Look at your time. Look at what you're focused on. And I'm telling you, stop. Just stop and pray and wait on his presence. And this becomes clear. And I say that very confidently because I know the God that we serve. I know the witness of Scripture. And I know it firsthand. <laughs> this is what God does when his people are willing to enter into a season of stillness. And so I'm calling as your pastor for a season of stillness to begin after this series. And we're going to go into a series of teaching and a series of experiencing God's presence on our Sunday mornings. And we're going to talk about prayer. We're going to talk about what a season of stillness is. And then instead of having a bunch of small groups that are going in a million different directions, no, season of stillness. We're going to have groups that are going to meet because it's so important that we're not just experiencing this on Sunday but during the week. But we're calling for homes that would just open themselves up and say, you know what, we have no other agenda. We're going to meet for 30, to an, 30 minutes to an hour with a group of people from the church that would be willing to come and we have no other agenda than just maybe to read a passage of Scripture, to maybe just look at a list of some prayer requests and some things that we could pray for. And then us just to pray and be, in, be still and know that the Lord is our God. And that would be it. There's no teaching. There's no this. There's no that. No, no. It's just, that's it. Well, what do you mean that's it? That's it. And I promise you, during a season of stillness, if you enter into that church, God will meet you. He'll meet us. He will show up in your home like it is a revival service. Nothing to be afraid of because it's not about everything getting crazy. It's just about him so deeply ministering to your heart. When we slow down and stop, be ready for God to show up in your life and begin speaking to you and revealing what he's been waiting maybe years to speak into your heart. How do I know this? Because I knew the vision God gave us. And this just became clear. This Make us the church that changes the world. Make us the church that changed the world. That book of Acts church. Well, before they could do any of that, what needed to happen? It says in the beginning of Acts chapter 1, if you go there, that Jesus is with his followers. He's with his disciples. He's telling them, hey, it says he's speaking to them about the kingdom of God. He's giving them a vision about where they're going to go. But here's what it says after that. It says right after that, he speaks in verse 4, and he says he gathered them all together, and here's what he did. He didn't suggest. He didn't think it was a good idea. He commanded them to stay in Jerusalem, do not leave, but wait for the gift my father had promised. Wait on me, slow down, stop. And you know what they did right after that? They said, oh, okay, 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 but, but uh, you know, uh, is this the time you're revealing the king? Is this the time, well, what are we going to do? What part of it is, you're missing it. You know why that's funny? Because we know we do that. <laughs> okay, God, I waited on you. You know, he's like, hey, just wait on the gift of the father. I'm like, yes. Okay, so uh, now, that's not how waiting on God is. Waiting on God, you say, well, I've been waiting on you for 20 minutes, Lord, I haven't heard anything. Uh, you're in for quite a trip with us then, okay? That's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about a season that God can just speak to us, that we can just start to push some things out of our lives, slow down the busyness for just enough time so that the voice of God can speak back into your life, revive you, pick you up, and lead and guide you in his ways. God wants to do that. I'm going to invite Pastor Brian to come forward at this time. Jesus said this, there's a time coming that you're not going to be baptized in water, you're going to be baptized with the Spirit. You're going to be filled with the Spirit whenever the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And he says this, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you're going to be my witnesses in what? You're going to become the church that changed the world. You're going to go out into Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. 
and I'm going to be with you every step of the way. You will never get to this place, though. You're never going to get to this place if you don't get into this place, a season of stillness, a season of cutting out all the busyness and saying, no, I'm not going to keep getting to intersections and just going to the left or to the right and running. I'm just going to stop and be still and know that he is God and I'm going to wait on the Lord. It says that what? Those who wait upon the Lord, what? He renews their strength. How many of you want their strength renewed this year? How many of you know you just, I need my strength renewed this year? I feel so strongly as I'm speaking to you. I feel so strongly as I'm speaking. There's so many that are just like that. I just need you to renew my strength again, Lord. I need clarity again. I need you to speak into my life again. I want to feel that closeness. You can't feel that closeness with that busyness. You may think it's the Holy Spirit, but I was reading something Pastor Brian posted on his Facebook. He said, you know, we've done, we've mistaken our busyness and the adrenaline rush that we're feeling from that for the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives and it needs to cut out. It's in a devotional that he read this last week. Don't mistake the busyness to mean that God's doing all kinds of things. Slow down, wait on him too. You can be busy and working for God and he'll, he'll sustain you through those kinds of seasons. But don't be busy and blame it on God. That's not a good thing for us to do. We're missing out on the presence of God. So we're going to enter into this season of stillness. Which are you right now, Martha or Mary? Which one do you want to be? Join us for a season of stillness. It'll begin at the beginning of February. And I'm believing God's going to use it to set the course for us. Because every person, think about them. Moses sees the vision. He has a vision, a sense from God. What does he have to go into? This season of quietness, this season of frustration. Joseph, he gets the vision, but where does he end up? Not just in difficulties, but God uses those difficulties to speak into his life. Everyone has to pause and experience a season of stillness. Abram, he says, I'm going, I'm trusting you. I take my step of faith, but now what, God? Season of stillness, and then God shows up again. And he says, I'm going to make you the father of many nations. And God confirms his promises to him. So who's willing to take that step? What we need right now is we need more homes. We had set a goal. I said in first service it was 30 homes. No, we, we had set a goal that we would have 25 homes from across our congregation in different communities, in different places. If you would just do this with me, church, if anyone would feel it on their heart, just open up your home and say, I'd just be willing to host this. I would be willing. Lord, I'm, we're making our home available. If we get more than 25, then we can let you know as we're filling. But if you'll just make yourself available, I think we are somewhere around 10 or 12 right now. We need more. If you're online, you're hearing this, send us an email. Groups at evangelchurch.com. Say, I'm opening my home. Here's the day and here's the time I'd be willing to do it. One hour or less, we'll meet together. And I'll just allow my home to be a house that serves the Lord and prays and can be experiencing season of stillness. If we do that, I believe God will meet us. Another way that we're going to experience that is this Friday night, we're going to have an event called Midnight Prayer. Pastor Ron, our pastor of Community Life, will be leading it. It's going to start at 8 o'clock and go all the way through midnight. And we're going to gather together and we're going to enter into a time, a season of stillness, praying and seeking the presence and power of God. And you know what we do? What happens when we do that? God meets us in a special way. Amen? So come out this Friday night. Be a part of that. It's going to be in our upstairs chapel Unless the Lord really breathes into it and explodes it out of there. And I told Pastor Ron, prepare. Because maybe God has something bigger, a bigger room in store. So as you come out, let's believe God will meet us all. A changed life. There's another equation for you. A changed life plus a season of stillness. Go through the chain. Equals 
becoming the church that changed the world. When that happens, but I'll tell you, without that season, church, I think we're just going to get very, very busy again. So let's wait upon the Lord. Let's allow our strength to be renewed and let's let him confirm, affirm, and lead us into the future that he has for us. Amen? Man, would you stand with me? Can we celebrate all that we trust God to do in 2015? Can we admit, commit those plans to him right now? And will you commit your life to him right now, whatever that means? So what we're going to do in the quietness of this moment as we just press in and just look to hear from God, we're going to bring down the lights, and I want you just to sense that this is a moment right now between you and the Lord, the God, the creator of the universe. He wants to speak to you. And the first thing you can do before we as a church go there, you need to go there too with the Lord. Be willing to go there and say, God, I'm tired of stumbling over myself. I'm tired of not seeing where you're leading me. I'm tired of not walking in the plan that you have because I'm so busy. So, Lord, I just make myself available. But you have to take that first step. You have to make a decision. You can't just think about it. You have to make a decision. What will you do? So as you're making that decision, if this is your decision, I want you to sing these words. It's a song I asked Pastor Brian to sing. It's from the song called Oceans. It's, it's a newer song. It says, Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders, where I walk upon the waters wherever you will call me. Wherever it is, Lord, that you desire for me to go, I just make myself available to you right now, Lord. Whatever your vision is, not just for this church, but for my life, Lord God. And if you've called me to be a part of this church, it means you want to take me where you're taking us. Lord, lead and guide me. Lord, Spirit, lead me where my trust is without borders, where I trust you completely. May I walk upon the waters. May I go into the impossible and unknown with a sense of trust and faith wherever you call me. So if that is your prayer, then sing along from the top, from the bottom of your heart, the top of your lungs, just let it out if you're in, a, in your house, if you're in front of no one at all when you're watching this and you say, that's it, yes, then just begin to worship the Lord right now as Pastor Brian leads us. We thank you. We make that our prayer. We make that our commitment to you, Lord. We want to live the changed life, Lord God. We want to remain connected, Lord God. Lord, I pray specifically that you would give us these opportunities, not just to seek your presence in our individual lives, but connect us in homes. That, Lord, in Edison, in Woodbridge, Lord God, in Clark, in Watchung, Lord God, all around this area, Lord God, there would just be homes, Lord God, where the presence of God is encountering people who are waiting upon the Lord. And that we will see, Lord, in this season of stillness, how you will prepare and lead us into the future. Thank you for this vision, Lord. It isn't created by us, Lord God. It's birthed by your Holy Spirit. And we step, Lord God, forward in faith, saying, where you lead us, Spirit, we're ready to follow. Make us the church that changed the world in 2015 as we trust you, as we follow you, and as we obey you, and as we commit to live the changed life, Lord. Bring us back next week, Lord God, ready to take that next step. And bless us, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.